Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 49. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney, creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. So, I have a secret. Well, if you know me personally, it's probably not a huge secret, but I love dance music, particularly house and disco. I have vast musical tastes, as you might have guessed from my song choices on this podcast. There's something like really joyful about bopping out to some great dance music, though. It's just carefree, and it doesn't leave you feeling icky like top 40 pop music can, and I mean, I can't listen to that. Snob alert. I know. I know. I maybe have a special place in my heart for dance music because it reminds me of my bestie, Satsuko, who worked at HMV when we were teens and is the only person who would go see Just Dance with me. She would bring home all these electro and lounge CDs. Uh, we thought we were super sophisticated because we listened to Gotan Project. And, you know, maybe we were by Nanaimo standards. And, yeah, we called it electro back then. I, now, I don't know. Is it house? I don't think it would be EDM because that feels like a whole other thing that I don't care for. I really like the stuff that's like rooted in disco or funk. And I, I just don't get why there was such a hate on for disco in the 70s. Like I can like the Stones just as well as Donna Summer. Thank you very much. Hopefully kids today are more tolerant. Anyway, I was super excited to see that local DJ and producer Pat Locke has come out with a full length album. I've been following his singles and remixes for a few years now, and let me tell you, the album is great. It's called Hold On, Let Go. You can buy it now on all the things. He's playing The Fox July 22nd, so check him there. But for now, here's my interview with Pat Locke. LA the last three months. Oh, so, yeah. So you live there like so I'm, the time? So I don't... Um, I'm sort of trying out just going down there more yeah. for work. And yeah. so this has been an extended stay. And I'm actually just back kind of my grandfather's turning 94 and I've got some shows in Canada. So yeah, kind of back and forth in July. And then, yeah, trying. I mean, it's the first three months, so I can't really say like, I mean, you know, it's cool. Yeah. It's a good change. Yeah. It's Do you love it there? I have been in Venice. So unequivocally, yes, because yeah, Venice is amazing. Yeah, different vibe. And it's not like in the in like that hustle and bustle of like that stuff that part of about LA that can can grind you down really fast Venice yeah. is pretty chill yeah so yes is it like do you have um a, a place there or what do you do yeah I have a a, a spot well I, we actually just moved into Marina Del Rey which is just below Venice um and then I like I generally work out of of um either just on my couch or when I have a session, I'll just um, rent or borrow my buddy's studio. Oh, that's sweet. I'm sort of looking for a more, I mean, it's a bit like, you know, uh, hodgepodge right now. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm going to try and figure that out. and Maybe maybe I'll move more central Yeah, um, Yeah. in the fall. And you think you're going to be there full time? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I have, I'm on a one-year visa on on my artist visa. And so that's uh, up next April. So, I mean, up until then, I sort of have a pretty open... Plus, I, I'm honestly a lot busier. Like, I have been doing more shows in L.A. than in Vancouver for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How challenging is it to get that visa when, um, like, you're a musician? I mean, I imagine it's difficult, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the one that... So I heard that they changed the rules after, with the new presidency. Not that we have to get into that, but... Yeah. Or, or they just added... Um, 
more delays to it. Yeah. So it's a pretty straightforward process in that um, technically everyone that goes to South by has to get that one. Right. Okay. Unless they're going to sneak in, which I mean, good luck to you. Yeah. Um, if, for like a band, but uh, it's you so- have to have like no equipment. You would have to, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to be like, I don't know. And not be flying to Austin. Yeah. And like, look like a cool guy. Yeah. You You look too cool to be a regular passenger. (laughs) Are you a musician? (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's the same. So it's the same visa. Just mine happens to be for a year. If you string together uh, a sequence of dates or tour dates over a year, then then you can get extended up to a year and then just uh, renew. So you, you sort of join. It's very red tape. You just join the local union musicians union okay and they have like a partnership with right. states and then you have a, like a like a sponsoring company or whatever and then they go okay yeah right. this person is legit and would that be your well it couldn't be your label because they're from france right that's a good that's a good point uh it's been my agent oh, to typically it. so it's usually the agent or the venue but um it's this just, is like boring semantics but i am interested no, no. in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know I want to know. Is this going to be the basis of the... No, <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I just sometimes <laughs> ask weird questions. Sorry. No, that's cool. Um, well, okay. Speaking of your l- label, Kitsune, right? Like, Kitsune, that's how you yeah. say So cool. Like, when I was a teen, I would listen to a lot of um, stuff on their label. Like, I just loved it. And it just seems very chic to be on that label. How did that happen? Uh, well, first off, uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, I totally agree. Kitsune was, uh, is... Uh, has a legacy of you know putting out this, these great artists um like digitalism and like death from i think they're like death from above releasing fred falk and all these all these le- these legends uh i had actually been sending them demos for some time as people do with no response and then i think uh i was doing a show in south by and my agent was like oh i'm with someone from kitsune who wants to meet you like um where are you and the funny thing is actually in the chaos of south by i could never i never actually met them there we just mm. couldn't we couldn't link up you just know they're there when you're playing and you're like no they, i think they didn't even make it to my show but i just knew that my agent was with them which was probably like you know a, a good thing yeah that they actually wanted to meet me and so they after that they reached out and asked i think to hear some music and um i sent them my own throne the one with Claire Mortify, and they liked that. And then I did a couple of sort of uh, just one-off shows with them, like one in L.A. at the Ace Hotel um, shortly after that. And um, they released My Own Throne, which was, you know, a huge uh, starting point like for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, no, I mean, it was, it, it was great to just have that, that first connection with the label. And then um, after that, I was in their office in Paris last summer, um, and I met uh, a bunch of them. Excuse me. Turn that off. Uh, but they were like, "Well, would you be interested in writing an album?" It's us? like, uh, "Yes, please." <laughs> I, yeah, actually, I, I don't even know how I, how I responded. In my mind, I was like, "Ha, right, that's gonna happen." Like, I don't. I was like, "I can't write it." Like, I've never really been. I'd never thought about an album really right, before. Yeah. Um, coming from a sort of singles you know dance music singles driven world yeah but uh i think i talked to my my manager and we, we discussed it and she was like you, know, you can you know you can just start writing the music and we'll see how it goes and um yeah like are you on the hook like if you sign a thing like what if you i don't know what if your muse doesn't come do you have to like do it uh so yeah well i mean that's probably you know on an on a case-by-case basis if, it, if they were a major then 
I'd probably really be on the hook until they, I mean, that happens to a lot of artists actually, where they'll have, you know, you get signed to a major, that's almost like one of the classic horror stories. You get signed and then the label doesn't like your music, but then doesn't release your music and then you're on the hook with them and they essentially just put, put their boot on your career. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that obviously wasn't the, wasn't the case here. Um, no, you I, totally I delivered. Really... Thanks. Yeah, it worked out okay. Yeah. I um, mean, how was that from going from just doing singles? Like, kind of like when you do dance music, it's kind of like everything has to be single in a way. Mm-hmm. It's... A lot of pressure. It, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just the the body or the quantity of music was intimidating to me at first because I'm used to, or up to that point, I would spend at least two, three months, if not more like up to six months on a track. I mean, in some cases, closer to a year. I mean, in terms of like just getting it done and then you know, getting it mastered and out, and out the door. So how long did this take then? So I had that meeting last summer, uh, like July or, or something like that. That's or pretty June, quick June then, July. actually. So, so it was about a year from from when I agreed to, because it was after My Own Throne was out. And, and then I was like, okay. And then I started writing for, everything I started writing was for the record, which initially they were like how about for the fall and i was like like are you do you not know how music works <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i mean here you go so or maybe they thought you had stockpiled some some stuff or maybe yeah know. well yeah so there was a lot of that there was a lot of going through old music and then realizing that i basically just wanted to write a new record and then they said oh well, we want to include some of your other um so the older pieces of music on it would be u street which came out a little bit before my own throne and then the oldest one would be your lips with 30 radio but both of those were kind of not um they didn't really get proper releases they were with like a really really small like pop-up indie label so i was actually okay with like putting them back on the record as long as it didn't really go past that and then it it was more like a snapshot of me creatively musically uh, over the last last little bit and then i got to write the rest of the record which was you know another uh eight or nine songs or whatever it was yeah 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 so you do a lot of collaborations, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so there were singers, obviously, mostly. Did they, like, who writes the lyrics? Do you have it all already figured out? Or, like, how does that work? It's totally on a song-by-song basis. So in, in certain instances, well, first off, like, no illusions, I'm not a lyricist. But if I'm in the room writing the song, I'll have I'll have direct input and I'll say, you know, let's maybe not do this or let's let's do that. But that's not my strong suit. So when I work with songwriters, often the lyric will discuss, you know, like what don't you want to talk about? What are you okay with? And I'll be like, oh, well, you know, I focus more on melody in mm-hmm. terms of that aspect of it. So it work. It, it's usually pretty complimentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me think about some examples for this song. Oh no, that I wrote um, with this duo, Marco. Uh, in New York a few months ago that was actually, sorry, sorry I wrote that in September that came out a couple months ago but um, yeah uh, they were in Marie was in the room as we were working so I sort of had the, the main, most of the beat and we were sort of like trying to figure out how it might go with the melody and Marie was trying out different different, lyric, different lyrics and going like hey, what do you think of that and I go oh, we'll try it this way and it's a pretty organic process mm-hmm. in instances like that, which is the majority for me. Um, I think in dance music, there are a couple of tried and true formulas. So someone like 
Kygo, for example, will just get songs sent to them by, by songwriters. Like, cats are not, yeah. not happy. I don't know. Don't let worry us, about let it. Let us go. Uh, so he'll get full songs kind of sent to him with like no production, and then he'll pick one and then just remix that song mm. with his sounds and got stuff. It, got it. Um, that's a really common way, but I don't. Kind of love. Disconnected, I don't. Know? Yeah, I don't. I don't love that method. So I don't really think. I think I've only really sort of done half. Mm, the the closest I'll get typically is sending maybe like the whole idea to a songwriter who's remote, maybe you know across the continent, which I've done once or twice. Okay. And that's still challenging yeah. because you can't you can't be in the room and they you they have to really know you and then you know it's just not that efficient sometimes. Yeah. If if it's a new working relationship. Because like, how do you say oh. Do you just tell them to try it again if they don't get it? I to- guess. Totally. You have that, to. That's one of the, yeah, that's one of the things you sort of have to figure out because, you know, certain people are more precious about their work than others. Mm. Um, the the upside of being in a place like L.A. is getting to work with a lot of up-and-coming pros who are yeah. writing all the time for big artists, and they're just efficient, yeah. and they're not precious. Where they, they take feedback, and they go, oh, here okay we can try it this way and they go and so you, it's just a faster way to work yeah yeah so that's pretty ideal but i definitely learned a lot on this record about um being being direct and kind of asserting you know what i wanted to happen yeah without being it's a, your name on it at the end yeah, of the day yeah too i suppose yeah <laughs> it's really just about the song i think but yeah yeah, yeah. do you have a favorite collaborator you you collaborated with claire uh, yeah claire there's two Claire's on There it are now. two Claire's on this record. <laughs> Were you, did that give you pause? Were you like, oh, there shouldn't be two Claire's? That's, fu- that's funny. Uh, no, I mean, it's... Uh, so the, the funny story with that is I've never actually even met Claire Ridgely. Oh. Um, she's in Montreal, and her writing partner is this guy, uh, Mike Clay. And so they did... Um, they actually approached me, which is also... That doesn't often... I mean songwriters don't typically approach me and we end up like making something so that was that was new but mike hit me up and was like oh we had we did a song with uh this guy robotaki who's a buddy of mine called ghost boy and that was a great song so i was like oh that'd be great to work with you guys so i sent mike some ideas and i guess that's the way that they work mm-hmm. uh and he was like oh yeah this is great and sort of went away came back with part of claire's thing and then i said okay well can you maybe you know add this part or, or something like that and it came together really easily with those two um that's about as good as it gets in terms of a remote connection yeah. because i i didn't really know them at all right so um i haven't met either of them I'm, i would i hope to um at some point claire mortify yeah i mean I, I mean i know her probably best out of all my collaborators you did another song with her yeah we did too. yeah we did this song true power um that uh is more of a like a 90s hip-hop like style track which kind of fit on at the end of the album which was uh, the end of the record which was nice and um yeah like we're you know we're buds we we have great chemistry writing together um she's actually she just got married to a guy in la so she's also down there right oh, now. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Get a buddy. So yeah, I'm sure you got lots of buddies. buddies but... <laughs> <laughs> that, that BC buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So, BC buddy. There's BC a pun buddy, in there, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of Vancouver music then, uh, like, what do you think of our scene here? And like, what's good here, do you think? You know, um, that's a, 
That's a big question. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talent in Vancouver. I mean, it's not a very big city, but you know, even let's let's say in the dance sphere. I mean, there's you could there's a handful of names um, that you know are interna- international touring artists and have really great writing credits. Um, not that we have to go into all that, but I mean, so there's a lot of people that that come out and do great things from Vancouver. Locally, it's you know, it's always it's harder for me to keep track of because um, I haven't been working with a lot of Vancouver artists other than Claire and then the Dirty Radio guys who I know who are obviously doing things on their on their own as well. Um, but yeah, there's definitely talent here, and then there's you know there's collectives. There's new there's new collectives and like um what's the one that uh, Steph does? There's um like these like beat workshops, and I'm all seeing like posts people I know post about it on Facebook, and it seems like it's it's starting to thrive, and I think that's a really really encouraging thing Mm -hmm. there was a kid for example i mean i don't even know him but he was booked to play at splash house this um festival that i also did um in palm springs recently and i just saw the um, the post and i saw that he was on majestic casual record and i was like oh cool like who's this and i'd never heard of him his name's on planets and i think he's a he's pretty young he plays the violin makes some cool stuff but in some different vein and that's sort of the cool thing is right now i think um, more and more that he's just one of you know the n- newest ones that I've noticed it's like oh clearly you know someone else has taken notice of you it's got nothing necessarily to do with like a Vancouver thing it's not like maybe maybe he has a community around him mm-hmm. but I'm not aware like what yeah. which circle he runs do you think in. it's like cliquey here like that I mean in a way because like like your zone is like so different than mm-hmm. like my husband's a musician but that's like totally mm-hmm. different like every like genre has its own mm. people and its own crew and it's like almost like no one's aware of each other oh yeah you know that, that would i think that sort of was a big thing in electronic music like always up until you know recent years mm-hmm. now the there's definitely yeah. yeah, until the internet and then, like reddit and whatever soundcloud kind of pulled everyone together yeah. and you could and youtube yeah. tutorials and and this and that you know that sort of broke down that barrier a lot helps break that down a lot faster but i think you're totally right i mean i can't necessarily tell you who the best uh drummer is in vancouver i I would have no idea i do know that like some of my friends who are great live musicians here uh friend max has a band called star captains and they're they're incredible and that he'll like when we go to a show let's say we'll see like um like pomo's live band play at fortune or something and he'll know all the players still be like um, like astrological from Potato Head people on keys, and like he'll just he'll just know everyone because there's yeah. those are all the players. But if you're in live music, then you're gonna know all the players. Yeah, and I'm and I'm just sitting there like enjoying like you yeah. know their skill and talent. Yeah, but I do wish that like being a producer is kind of solitary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not the same as like say a drummer who really you need the rest of the band. Right, right. So you're probably gonna like know more people. But you are kind of like a one-man band in a way. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Is it lonely? It's pretty sol- being a Being a producer, if you're going to be a good producer, it's definitely solitary work. That said, you know, now um, it's really rewarding to get to collaborate with other musicians. Uh, you know, I have worked with a couple of guitarists. Uh, one guy uh, is from here, Danny McKinnon. Like, he's incredible um he played on this song hollywood on the record and he's got a bunch of other credits like he's played on 
like Anderson, like Anderson Pax and like Mac Miller and like so he does like he's just a crazy player and then now that he's playing on a Chromio's next record, but that's cool because then you get some sort of um, the chance to add like another angle mm-hmm. of of shine you know musical yeah. musical element to to your record that otherwise I mean you'd have to maybe which have like faked which is funny because on Crystal Ball there's like fake guitar on there it's just like I love that song thank you (laughs) (laughs) thanks it's just the guitar on it is like super it's like me faking it it's like not a real guitar but that's kind of like its own sound though too you know yeah it works yeah and it totally worked I think it worked for that record so uh, so to answer your question yes it's solitary because you have to figure out your own skills your own voice and what you're trying to do and then once you have i think a handle on that then um you can start bringing in other people yeah um do you find it hard to like motivate yourself like when you're working alone like Hmm. what's your not thing any more um i think i i think i'm pretty motivated now because because of the opportunities that i've gotten to have over the past couple of yeah. years, the past yeah. two, three years. You're not choking. You're like, I'm doing this. I mean, yeah. I think if I was if I was plateauing in terms of my skills in music as well as, you know, as well as like if I wasn't playing shows or, you know, didn't get to opportunities like this great uh, one with Kitsune, for example, then maybe you would run up against some of that maybe apathy or wondering if you're if you're spinning your wheels or, or something, which, you know, I did you know, I kind of did a lot of remixes to try and figure out what I was doing and just sort of took every opportunity. And uh, now I'm pretty motivated because, well, again, having spent a little bit of time in L.A., people work really hard there. Mm-hmm. There's that there's that stereotype of like, you know, Chill. being flaky and whatever. Yeah. And that's a thing. But everyone in the industry that I sort of rub shoulders with is incredibly talented, incredibly hardworking. Like they're like way more talented than than I feel I am at, at in my own thing, you know. Or or they just graduated from from Berkeley, or they've been writing for pop for five years, and they just go like that. Wow. And um, it's the lifestyle of you know they're where they want to be, and so there's no there's no time for, I guess like just faffing around. Would you want to write like pop music if that were an opportunity that came? you that's a that's a a big question i think that is it selling out kind of in a way (laughs) yeah i mean i remember like i remember hearing that question you know before i was even really producing like anything that wasn't terrible from 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 friends and i think that you sort of have to make a decision on on what you're on what you're trying to do like i would love to write if you're asking me if I would love to write a song that is on the radio and goes to number one, like I would love to do that. Sure, yeah. But I'm also greedy and I would want, I want to do it mostly my way yeah. or as much my way as possible. I mean, yeah. uh, to me, it would be, it would def- sort of defeat the purpose if it sounded like, let's go back a few years and see if it sounded like an Avicii track. That would defeat, I mean, like, sure, maybe I did it, but what's the point? It's not really Other good. than maybe cash. I can yeah I can get a <laughs> pool yeah, yeah 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 so um pop music is really interesting because of it's like rules and the way that as I start to work with more uh songwriters that 
come from a pop background to hear them talk about their craft and the things that they uh, think about when they're writing or listening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting. So I, I think for me, it's just being able to maybe harness some of those talents mm-hmm. and maybe incorporate. I mean, my like, I'm not who's, I don't think I'm kidding anyone. Like I mean, my music, some of it is, is really, is quite poppy. Yeah. And, but it's, it's like more in the house disco-y yeah. kind of cool vibe <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah i mean I, I still try to make it sound like something that i would be into yeah which is hopefully that continues to stay, stay the case i mean yeah but um yeah i guess uh we'll see where where that road never say never where that road leads maybe. yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so are you you're how do you feel about like music like you did a long time ago are you do you feel like yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Or do you like cringe or like, how do you feel about it? I think I've gotten better about, I mean, there are some things that I really would never want to hear ever again mm-hmm. or be in the room. I mean, it's hard to be in the room when people sometimes be like, let's put your song on. It's like, oh, you could do it anytime when I'm not here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna stare at, you're going to stare at me. Yeah. But uh, so the older stuff, yeah, it varies. I think some some of it, I'm like, oh, I, I know what I was trying to go for with this song. And I just didn't have, you know, the knowledge to do it better or more polished. But, you know, I kind of did what I could at the time. And that's fine. I mean, you can't expect to be amazing uh, out of the gate mm-hmm. um, it's just now it's like there's a digital like ghost of everything totally you've ever t- <laughs> yeah it's like old facebook photos or yeah. something but you can't delete them you or can't something delete it. They'll never, well would you That's would you point. want to if you could totally yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> if i could scrub like all the music all the yeah <laughs> I, I would scrub so hard yeah oh man <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming to talk with me. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks. And how could I end this without playing a song from our guest, Mr. Patlock himself? This is from his new album, Hold On, Let Go. And we mentioned this track in the interview as a fave of mine, but seriously, the whole album is great. So if it doesn't get you dancing, you are made of stone. Here's Crystal Ball by Patlock featuring Claire Ridgely.
shake again. 